0: Today, I want to tell you a story about my Irish family. My family, to help you out, all look like hobbits, Irish hobbits. <laughs> They're all about this height, about this wide. I have five uncles, two aunts on my father's side. So we'll leave the aunt side of it because <laughs> I don't want those monobrows. I mean, I don't want them coming after me uh, later on, but my dad and his four other brothers, Sean, Shifty, seriously, (laughs) sorry, Stephen, um, Willie and Lawrence and Paul. So Lawrence and Paul are twins. Shifty is who Shifty is. He will borrow your eyes and never return them. That guy can sell a sofa quicker than anybody I've seen in my life, including his own mother's sofa. Long story, not a sermon for today. Anyway, they're all building each other's homes. And so we're building into Paul and Lawrence's, uh, Paul's home. And so in Ireland, we have these things called boilers. Now I don't know if you have them in Berlin, but they're called boilers. They're made of iron, uh, iron, iron. Uh, Aaron, Aaron. no, not Aaron. That's Moses and Aaron, no. Um, Metal, metal, metal water heaters. And so you can't carry these things by yourself. So the uncles are all trying to carry. Now, have you ever seen five hobbits trying to carry this box? And they're all fighting this way. That's the way they all talk. They're all raspy. So they're like, this way, that way. I'm telling you, go this way, lift it up. Anyway, they get into such a fight my dad goes, that's it, I can do it myself. And he lifts it up. He's about this height. So he lifts, he lifts it up and he's trying to carry it. And he drops it on his finger. And he jumps up and he calls the name of Jesus a lot, but he's not a Christian, but he's, he's using every type of tongue language you can think of. And this bit of skin is flapping off. You know, like you're um, You know, like the chicken schnitzel sandwiches, the bit of chicken over there? Well, it's flopping back and forth. Well, my gosh, what happens is all the uncles get together. Sean, he runs out one way and he comes in with a hammer. No joke. Willie sits down and he has a cigarette. Paul and Lawrence, one grabs a standing knife. The other one grabs a hacksaw. I'm nine years of age. I am the way I am because of that. Anyway. In the process, Sean has my dad, dad in a headlock. We'll cut it off, we'll cut it off. They're all running, they're all ready to cut up. They have his arm like this. Shifty for the translators, good luck with this. Shifty's in the corner just going He's letting it all, all. Every time he looked at the face, he cannot hold this at all. Honestly, it gets to the point where there's this massive fight, you have to back and forth. My grandmother, the wisdom, walks into the room now granny is not a hobbit she's a beautiful angel and when granny mcnally walked in she came in with a black thorn stick now if you're from ireland mark will probably know this but this is a thorn stick that is used for discipline and it's dipped in tar and hardened well she came in and she was and she went through it honestly that woman could use rosary beads like nunchucks if you couldn't get the Bible into your head, she would throw it at you. <laughs> Granny is the most loving woman in the world. She kept her family, but she went through and she grabbed his finger and she says, He said, My dad, being the big strong builder, and she said, She grabs his finger and she says, Barney, don't cut it off because if it's hanging by a thread, it can still be saved. I remember that nine years of age, if it's hanging by a thread, it can still be saved. The title, if you're taking notes on your phones or your books or wherever you're taking notes, the title of this message is called Hanging by a Thread. In Mark chapter five, verse 25 to 34, the writer writes a beautiful story of a connection between Jesus and a woman who suffered a lot. And a great crowd followed him and thronged, which means really squeezed tightly, like an easy jet flight, are him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who suffered much under many physicians. And she spent all that she had on those physicians and she didn't grow better, but she grew worse. She gave all her money over to people that were more interested in the money and made her worse and wouldn't take up the consequences. Heartbreaking. She had heard, look at this, she had heard all the reports about Jesus. And so she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, I'm a teacher, so all I'm going to do is give you some teachings today, but I'm going to pull out some Greek and Hebrew just to try to give you some more context that. Is that cool? All right. So if you see it on the screen, it's my fault. So she came up and she touched his garment, hymiation. And she said, if I but touch his garment, I will be made well, soizo. I will be made soizo. And immediately the flow, flow of blood dried up that she felt within her body that she became healed of her disease. And Jesus, seeing in himself that the power had left him, immediately turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said, Jesus, look at the crowd. They're all touching you. He said, they're all pressing around you. How can you say who touched me? And he looked around to see her, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came to him in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, and if you've got your Bible, I want you to circle this next word. Daughter, daughter, you have been made well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Let me break down some of the Greek in this for you. The word garment is hemiaton. And that simply means it's an undergarment underneath the garment that comes down to the feet but holds tassels that come from the belt down and fall along the ground. Now the reason for this is seen in numbers. It says throughout the generations, you are to make tassels on the corner of your garment with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at so that you remember all of the commandments of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourself, sell yourself off by chasing after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes. Then you will remember to obey all my commandments and you will be, here's the key word, consecrated To God. The tassel is to make you remember that you are consecrated to God, that you are a daughter or a son of God. It's not about the rules, because the rules will come after your identity has been established. Once you know who you are in Christ, in God, you will then start to align into. God's law, and what did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God first, and then love your neighbour as yourself. The second word that I want to look at is the word "touch," which is the Greek word "hapsomai." Now, "hapsomai," this this sometimes we read the story of the the woman with the, the this blood for twelve years, and we say she was grasping a hope. No, she wasn't, she was grasping with hapsame. Hapsame means to fasten yourself to something with a firm confidence for true change. In other words, this was not about a hope. It was about pure confidence. It wasn't about desperation. It was about determination that if she reached out to this garment and fastened herself to Christ, to God's commandments, she would be healed. So when you think about this story, what happens is all these people are thronged around. As a woman with a bleed, she is not allowed to touch people. She is living in her own community out in the wilderness. When we read stories about lepers and peoples with diseases, they were in communities away because you weren't clean enough to be in this community what a beautiful thing you have to do lunches and hangouts together because we don't segregate people and push them aside and say you're not clean enough to come to this table do not underestimate what your pastors are doing with these lunches and these breakaways get out there start your own table and say I've got 12 places on my table ready for anyone and everyone because they will be, you will be known by your love and your witness because you are fastened to a commandment, which is love God and love your neighbour. Let them press around. This woman could not, could not touch anybody. So the reality of it is, she would have to reach through people. Sorry for those online but she would have to reach through people's legs to get where she needed to get to without touching them because if he touches them, she's taken and stoned. She will spread the disease. So she has to, with her whole will, not out of desperation, but out of true confidence, touch Jesus. Are you desperate enough for the miracle and the breakthrough in your life? If you're hanging by a thread, are you desperate enough to crawl to where you need to get to? Are you desperate enough to look for the gap? Because when you dull everything else away and you get to that gap where it's only you and Jesus, that's the thread we hang on to. We hang on to Jesus. Not on to cutting it off, not into damaging it, not into getting rid of it, not putting in a headlock where it can't breathe, not being disgusted because someone else is, you know, is coming to know Christ, but rather we're stepping into what God is calling us to because you can be saved, even if it's hanging by a thread. Your marriage can be saved, even if it's hanging by a thread. Your kid that's misbehaving in school, they can do it. They need faith, hope, trust. They need to be able to stretch through, create the gap for people to get in between. Let's not be Christians who form a barrier saying, no, you stay over there because that's what COVID did. That's what segregation does. Let's not be Christians who build walls, but create gaps. The next word, (laughs) that wasn't in this message, just to let you know. The next word is the word soizoi, which means to be made well. You see, the word soy, soy actually means, Really, see this, she will be made well to be delivered out of danger and into safety, to be rescued from sin, to be safe again. Wherever you're at in your life or wherever friends are in your life or whoever people that we don't know, some people just need to be made well, saved again. We are gonna go through at least five to seven years of reconstruction of mental health across the globe. We need to point them to Christ as well as the other stuff. Therapy's good. I see a therapist every single week to debrief. Every week, debrief, because I need to as a pastor and some of these students. (laughs) You need to. I didn't say my wife just, oh, she's away. My wife, oh my gosh, every week. Is she at the back? Oh, that's alright, waiting on a shoe. Okay. The thing is with this, what do we notice about Jesus? He doesn't humiliate. Humiliate means to grind down. Whereas the Latin word humility, humiliato, means to be grounded, to be rooted, to be set in place. Jesus approaches her because not she approaches him out of fear, but he approaches her with compassion because it's humility, not humiliation. When you're hanging by a thread, when you approach Jesus, Jesus is never gonna humiliate you. He's only gonna bring you up, bring you, restore you, make you well, move you forward into your life. So sometimes we don't know how we end up in difficult situations and positions in life and challenges. If you're here for the the next service, I'm gonna preach a different message. Um, I'm gonna preach it on the older son, on about forgiveness. And I had that as a God drop on the way in the plane and I've been riding it ever since. Jesus isn't gonna turn you away. So how do we deal with times in which we're not feeling the best? In Hebrews 12, it says, strip down, start running, but never quit. Don't put any extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished the race that we are in. Jesus did the exact same race as you. And here's the key. If you are hanging by a thread, study how he did it. If you wanna know how to deal with the things, in Hebrews it tells you to go over and over the story of faith again and again. You've got to fall in love with your Bible. It cannot be something that sits on the shelf it can't be something that you've got to grasp it, you've got to fall in love with. The reason why I love all of those words, those Greek words and the Hebrew is because it makes me fall even more in love with God because I see another facet of his personality. Mark is probably one of the most well-read people that I have conversations with. Every time I have a conversation with Mark, I learn something new. Honestly, even if it's picking him up from an airport and driving him, even if it's just running into him in conference, I learn something new every time. Get around people that are in love with Jesus and in love with the scripture and read the scripture. And if you don't understand it, ask for help. That's it. That's it. It's just, hold on to it. So let me give you some teaching points that will help you when you feel as though you're hanging by a thread. In Proverbs 13 and verse 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire, tava, in Hebrew, tava, in Hebrew is a tree of life. You know, the tree of life is only mentioned three times in scripture. Revelation, Proverbs and Genesis. It's a symbol of choice. When we have hope in our tough times, when we have hope, we start to realize the choices we have before us. When we don't have hope, we restrict it and we become not, the word sick in the Hebrew means we become less than human. We become reduced. So my first teaching point is this, don't hold God hostage to your situation. I've been through probably, a, I've been through around 12 rough patches, three midlife crises, and I'm only 40. I've had all short sorts of shots fired at me. I've been raised with absentee parents from the age of nine, badly abused since the age of nine. Carefully constructed lies in the last three years to try to destroy me, to undermine me as a pastor. All, all, all just cruel stuff all just random, I think, utter rubbish. I've seen people destroyed. I've seen a church ripped apart, not ours, but I've seen a church ripped apart in Northern Ireland, one I had really big hopes for that it would change the face of Northern Ireland. All because people hold God hostage to their situation. Withdrawing from God or threatening God is not gonna give you the answers Sort of like when you walk out and we're not going to talk again. I've done that on many occasions. I've walked out and gone, that's it, you, me, we are done. We are done. I'm sick of it. I've done that thing with the, the car. You know, we get into the car, your wife or kid is not there, no one else is there, but you forget everyone else is in the other cars and you let go of God. You just go, I've told you, I've done all this stuff. I've get, and we bargain with him, not realizing that when we decided to take up the cross, that it, while the burden is light, it's still a burden. It's still something we've got to carry. Christianity isn't always about miracles and breakthroughs, but there has to be a deep sense of mystery to something that the gospel requires us to carry across to. Sometimes we have to live with a mystery that comes from the, with the Word of God. The story of Joseph is overcapitalized. the story of success. It was miserable. He was accused of rape. He had his names take, changed from Zapathnah, Hanea to Joseph he had his name changed he had the ring taken off his finger of his identity he had his robe stripped dipped in blood and given a new robe in Egypt and we think oh wow he became number two he named his kids after the the success of God and the, the misery Manasseh and Ephraim God has made me forget Ephraim being something awesome as well. (laughs) He's forced into a pagan marriage. What if the whole story of Joseph is just there so that during the famine and the pandemic, God's thread of goodness is to help Judah survive because through Judah comes the lineage of Jesus, not Joseph. You have to be prepared for times that there is just mystery. The woman in the story didn't hold God hostage, but she knew that God would heal her. Despite all her, all of her heartache and pain, she held on to that calling, that memory that she can be restored. We've got to remind ourselves of this. In Psalm 119:68, it says, "God is good, and He does good, but teach me your decrees." Sometimes there's lessons in situations that we're in. Number two, aspire to live a quiet life. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 10 to 12, in the Amplified, it uses this beautiful line. It says, to make it your ambition to live quietly and peacefully. Who wants to live quietly and peacefully? Oh, there's more hands in a salvation in here. That is awesome. Well, let me let you in the little secret. The word Peacefully is Hashemah. Hashemah means have an inner sense of calm while the world's in chaos. A divine sense of inner calm while the world is in chaos. I love this piece from Brother Ilred in Metatonis Seranus Alexandrius, which is Latin, and I pronounce that so badly. It says, when life is full of craziness, it doesn't mean that you go crazy too. Outer chaos does not determine inner peace. All you do is breathe the deepest prayer that sustains your being. And so with that, I wanna teach you a little something. And this is called the Yahweh prayer. When you are in the world's in chaos and you need to hear to be okay, breathe. The word Yahweh, Yahweh, God's name, when you take out the the vowels, A and E, how it's supposed to be written and said, is actually part of your breath. The word soul is not a word in Bible, it is a sound. It is the one word you can say, one of the words you can say without moving your lips. When you're hanging by a thread, just breathe. Every breath that comes in, the word soul, which is my studies, is the breath of God within. It's not a unit. It's not something separate. It is. Every word that comes out of your mouth is seasoned with God's name. Cursing and blessing can happen with the same tongue. Just breathe. Point three. And my final point is desire and dream again. Hope deferred will make the heart sick but desire can be translated to mean dream both of the words are used synonymously dream and desire some people when you're hanging by a thread you just need to get your dreams back and how do we do that we do that by focusing on God If we look at that Hebrew term, Tava, it's actually an ontological expression, which means an expression of godly being within us. It is the natural longing of our heart to be with God. Dream. Dream for your kids. Dream for your church. Dream for the future generation. Don't be afraid when people go, oh, that quirky stuff in Christianity. Look, I'm telling you from someone, I'm on my seventh this is my I'm just about to finish my doctorate. This is my seventh one. It's not hokey pokey stuff. It's it's biblical. You can dream. Joseph's dream is the word of God that sent him into hardship but then moved him into a better form of success. We've got to learn to contemplate. The word contemplation means to gaze with loving affection. What are you looking at? What are you gazing upon? What thread are you hanging on to that's not of Christ? What's your dreams? What's your desires? It ain't over until the trumpet sounds. So let me draw this into conclusion for you. We have to keep Christ always as the focus. It is Jesus the focus, not a brand, not lights, not people. It has to be His garment that we reach for. Without it, our lives become a concert or a performance. It becomes a series of Instagram moments, scrambling to make a dent in what we think is eternity. It is the crawl of faith, the crawl of trust, that leads us truly into the depths of eternity. Heaven, the place is not the goal, but God is our breath is a deep intimacy and a loving embrace of the father where we meet god face to face as a friend as our creator as the one who sustains our being when every tear will be wiped away because we are no because we know we are loved in the very depths of our being and our hearts are drawn into him if we reach for other threads They will unravel and the great, beautiful mosaic that God has stitched together will have holes and missing parts.